Hello? Oh my god. Holy shit. First, you sound great. You sound great. You sound great. <laughs> <laughs> First remote episode of So Where Are You From? Hi, Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kate. Ugh, I don't sound nearly as sexy as you. Okay, should we? Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. This is episode 24. Of So Where Are You From? Where neither of us are near each other. Yeah. Be worded better. We're in different <laughs> rooms right now. Well, we're in different states and different time zones right now, too. Yeah. Kate's in LA and I'm in New York, like from the very beginning when we were born. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm in my childhood my home. Oh, I'm in a phone booth in the office. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Dude, what's been going on? Well, I had a pretty nice long weekend during which I... I don't know. My Kevin's out of town, so I just like kind of lived at my own pace and that was kind of nice and it's not like when he's in town I'm not living at my own pace and you know it's it's not like it's stressful or anything but it's just nice to like the only person that needs to make a decision about my day is me which is kind of nice that's what it's like being single Yoko isn't it great (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah I like hang out with my parents and they they went tomato picking last weekend so they just like gave me a like dumped like a bunch of tomatoes into my bag and now I have a lot of tomatoes. I am so excited to have some of those tomatoes. Yoko will have some of those tomatoes. Yoko offered me some. I'm not just taking them. <laughs> yeah, I, I offered. Um, yeah, they need to be eaten very fast. <laughs> Time-sensitive tomatoes. Exactly. It's the name of my uh, band. What about you, Kate? Dude, I am at home without my parents. And that hasn't happened, I want to say, in like over 10 years. It is so scary oh. being in a. What do you mean? It's scary being in a three-bedroom house by yourself. There's oh. nobody here. I don't know what that's like. It's, <laughs> it's scary, dude. Like yesterday. Um, so uh, this weekend, I was I was in town for uh, my friend's mom's funeral, which was kind of a bummer. But it just like I, I think it's like a good testament to like friendship. You know what I mean? Like yeah. who your friends. Well, who are your friends when you're, you know, your mom passes away suddenly? But um, yeah. I figured, like, since I was coming down to help for the funeral and help, you know, support my friend and help her out with stuff, that I might as well like extend the trip and like work from out here for a little bit. And I got mm-hmm. to see all my other friends that I don't usually get to see when I'm at home, you know, because like every Aww. other time it's like really jammed in or like my family's in town, so it's just like family activities the entire time. Versus like this time, like no families in town, so it's just all friends all the time. So yesterday, my friend TK and I. We had a, d- a day trip to Joshua Tree. It was so awesome. We went out oh, to awesome. yeah, dude. We went out to this place uh, called Salvation Mountain, and it's like past Joshua Tree. So weird. It's this <laughs> big Jesus like colorful Dr. Seuss mountain sculpture in the middle of the desert. It's just an entire hillside that's been painted from top to bottom, and it says like "God is love" everywhere, uh-huh. and just like a bunch of random Bible verses and stuff, but it's just really kind of fun and kooky and weird. And I'm so into it. Highly, highly recommend if you're looking for some good Instagram fodder. 
Yeah, I was, I had looked, I, I had never heard of Salvation Mountain until you had mentioned it. So I like looked it up on Wikipedia. I got into like this, um, a, an article called Visionary Environments, mm-hmm. which is basically like huge, large, large scale artworks that are supposed to like convey like a deeply, intensely personal like thing that the artist is trying to like convey in this artwork. And I was just like going through all of the uh, artworks in the list. And I'm just like, I need to go places <laughs> i think i have a i'm a huge sucker for like spatial experience art yeah for like these like large scale or like large spacious art installations and i think one day i'm gonna have to like go to them yeah all of them it's so nice to just like get out of the city for a bit drive around the desert and um tk he and i have been friends for 10 years now we met like freshman year and oh. we just like it's a three hour drive out and we just like talked about like everything, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I just have had a lot of time to reflect on, you know, the friendships that I have in my life. And I'm just like so happy that I have people like him and that I have people who, you know, who I feel like, you know, at the end of this funeral, I was like cleaning stuff up, bagging things off and like, you know, sending all of the like extra food in places, cleaning up chairs. And I'm just like, man, like those are the friends that I have in my life or like the people who will stay and like help fold up chairs at the funeral you know so I'm really grateful for all you LA friends I feel like if I saw you then that means that you mean a lot to me so okay one day I feel like you're gonna move back to LA and I'm gonna be so sad one one (laughs) day I might move to LA too one day (laughs) one day but not for a while not for a while okay (laughs) dude okay so while I was here I went to 143 oh my god so good Chad Hugo from the Neptunes was there oh my god he did like a guest DJ set um so for those of you who don't know who Chad Hugo is he is the Asian uh, guy who played alongside Pharrell when he was in the Neptunes. You and should know who Chad Hugo is, people. I know, right? <laughs> He's like a very successful producer and stuff. I will say, though, not as good of a DJ as like Ken or Sam or Cody. Ooh. I said that. it. I said it. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, Ken and Sam are pretty good. Cody, I don't know very well, but he seems pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like entertaining, but you're just like, okay, okay, you know, need some more fire. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, he's he's done a lot of his life maybe he hasn't like maybe he doesn't dj as often as he used to or whatever right look at us making excuses chad you're great good job (laughs) exactly we're like let me just cut down your amazing achievements (laughs) no man okay so something that like i've been thinking about since coming home to la and you know i was home for the funeral or whatever is my friend told me something that kind of broke my heart a little bit which was she felt like she didn't know her mom as a person. And I wanted to Mm. ask you about that because I feel like if your parents are from like a certain generation, it's like they always keep that wall up there, right? It's like, I'm your parent, like I'm not your friend, like you don't need to know anything about like my personal life. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's very much like the immigrant parent or maybe like the first generation Mm. or second generation parent. But like my parents, it's like, I definitely feel like I know them as people. Like I know a lot of just like how they were as kids or like who they dated before my parents. And like, it's weird. I wanted to get your perspective on that. Do you feel like you know your parents as people? Um, I would say that it's definitely like as I've known them, as I continue to like grow older and like interact with them I like get to know them better Mm -hmm. but I would I would say that I uh, 
agree with your friend in that, like, I don't, like, obviously my, I see my parents as humans and I've seen them like mad and happy. And like, I can tell when some things like bother them. Um, and I like hear a little bit about their past and it's always really interesting, but I don't know. I, I never really thought of it as like a, maybe that's changing now that I'm like, now that I'm getting older and like, mortality is always on my mind for mm -hmm. some reason in this economic and social climate seriously um, <laughs> and i'll and yeah i'll think about like yeah like what i'm like for example i've started to become like really curious about um my parents like families mm -hmm. and like i i've been meaning to like draw out like a even just like a family tree. And we, re I recently went to like a genetic counselor with my mom mm -hmm. and they were asking her about like her family and like her medical history. And I was just like, huh, I never really like thought about who my mom's mom's sister was, mm -hmm. you know? And like, she's always like, she gets mentioned every once in a while, but like, I never really think about who she really is, you yeah. know? Um, I haven't seen her in a really long time. I don't know. I think it's different. Like when you, I mean, my family and I, my parents and I are the only people in our entire family who live outside of Japan. Right. So like in that sense, maybe there just are fewer channels through which you like hear these stories. Like I don't have any cousins or aunts and uncles who are like gossiping with each other, you mm -hmm. know, like even in that way. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't, I, I see what you mean in that, like, yeah, these people are humans and like to understand that they're human like is a really good thing and like maybe if you don't do that it's weird mm -hmm. but I don't know I I guess I I don't really think about it as like a thing that I'm losing out on I guess I'm always still like trying to catch up mm -hmm. but yeah I, I'm sorry it makes you sad no I mean <laughs> I I guess it kind of like I mean there's a flip side to that too which is sometimes I feel like my parents will tell me things that I really wish I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, I wish there was still that barrier there where it's like, okay, I'm the kid, you're the parent, you figure mm -hmm. that stuff out and don't loop me in on it. You know what I mean? You don't need to tell me about those problems because you're going to figure it out, right? But just like, <laughs> you know, so I think that there's, you know, a balance, right? So I'm really glad yeah. that I know all these like kind of personal stories, but there are other things where it's like problems where you're just like, oh God, Y'all need a third yeah. party handling this. <laughs> but, Sounds like there's some good things and bad things about knowing too much. <laughs> there there are, right? Because you're just like, oh, we're that comfortable with each other now? Oh, no. No, please. No, God. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. That's, that was what I was thinking about is just like when you're at home is you think about your family and especially like me being here by myself, it's really making me like assess like, Oh, you know, do I want to move back here? Do I see myself like coming back here? And the answer for right now is I really love New York. I'm not sick of it yet. LA is still, LA is still tight though. I feel like LA is still tight. Though. LA is still tight. I feel like I hated on it for a really long time, but cause I have like a lot of self-loathing complexes that make me, you know, feel weird about where I'm from. But I don't know, man. I'm super proud to be from L.A. It's cool. It's I, I it's think cool you're place. super cool partially because you have like this very just I don't know. In my mind, it has like a super Cali or like L.A. vibe that you have like all of the good qualities in an Angelino. Oh, and, like thanks. none of the bad qualities that you 
that you might be self-conscious of, but I don't think you're like that, Kate. Boom. Boom. You go. Oh, oh, man. Let's all go west. I know, right? <laughs> Shit. It was so hot, though, man. It is hotter than I have ever experienced in my life. And I know that on this podcast, I've been like, oh, the weather is so great in LA. It's so hot and perfect. I was just like, no, this is too hot. Too hot. <laughs> like we went to Joshua Tree and I drank like a gallon of coconut water and I fucking hate coconut water. We went to Joshua Tree to just go like on a photo adventure. My friend TK is a photographer. Yeah. Every time we got out of the car, we just got back in and just like tanked all the water and just immediately sweated out. Like we didn't even need to pee because it wasn't like <laughs> there wasn't enough going in to like make us need to pee because we were just turning to sweat. I'm pretty oh, sure man. that's how the body works. Right, guys? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> Oh, if anyone tells me otherwise, I, that would be news to me. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. oh, my God. Yoko, do you have a model minority? I do. So I actually need to – I still – I've been, like, looking for this person's last name, and I can't find it. Mm-hmm. But um, my model minority is this woman called Jen – Mm-hmm. I don't know what her last name is because I can't find it. <laughs> cool. Anyway, her name is Jen. She goes by Reappropriate on Twitter. Ooh. And she is an like a race feminist and pop culture writer that every time something comes up in the news that is like related to some Asian American anything, like she provides a perspective that I don't immediately like consider. Mm-hmm. For example, like a mo- there, so there's a movie coming out with Jackie Chan being like a in my it seems a little bit like a Kill Bill E kind of movie except Uma Thurman is Jackie Chan. Oh okay. Or like Jackie Chan is like Uma Thurman's character and he is just like dead-eyed the whole time and is just like on a revenge like spree. Ooh. And it sounds so awesome especially considering like Jackie Chan is like generally considered to be like a comic like a funny guy in a yeah. movie. Yeah. But this know? is but like a more serious dramatic. Yeah, this is serious and he's like probably like a crazy person like trying to kill a bunch of people and I was like wow this movie sounds so awesome I'm so excited and then Jen or reappropriate tweeted like it's really important to remember that the original story that this is based on is like actually about a Vietnamese guy and like this constant like erasure of Southeast Asian American Southeast Asian like characters is like really fucked up and I'm just like I never even thought about that, but I'm so glad that she pointed it out because otherwise I would just be like, you know, sort of like blindly supporting this movie. And I'm still pretty sure that I would love this movie, but it's just important to like understand that not everything is like bad or good. There's always like layers and it's gray and, you know, like if there's problems then you should still call them out. Mm -hmm. So she, she always seems to like have this alternate perspective that like makes me think like, okay yeah, this is good, but there are improvements that can be made. And it's just nice to have someone who's like constantly vigilant on that. Um, So thanks, Jen. Last name, at Reappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Great Twitter name, by the way. (laughs) Dude, have you um, have you been reading about Chloe Bennett? Oh, yeah, she is the she's like a half Asian Mm -hmm. lady who changed her last name. Yes. Yeah. So she changed her last name because, you know, Hollywood is racist. She's a very white passing actress. And I think she's on even know. Agents yeah. of the Shield. Like she doesn't even look like part Asian, but her original last name was, I think, Wang, Wang or mm. Wong. And um, something that we were talking about was like, 
if this girl can't get cast with an Asian last name, like what hope is there for the rest of us? Like the first thing that I thought was like, this girl like totally passes for white, but like a full on Asian person can't change their last name and then walk into an audition. You know what I mean? And be like, oh, cool. I'm Kate Smith. And they're like, but you're Asian. And I'll be like, yeah, but now you're calling me in. Right. Yeah. I see like the issue with, society as a whole that like this needs to happen but what I really appreciated about what Chloe Bennett did was like she took her like like the the most whiteness she can that she has like Mm -hmm. all of the whiteness she has in her and like totally used it to in a way that is I in my mind like I think she's trying to like use that to like help Asian people. No, definitely. You know I don't I mean? think that what she's doing, I don't think that what she's doing is wrong because a lot of people like gave her shit about it. Right. People are just like, Oh my God, you're giving up your like Asian identity or whatever. And I'm just like, yo, fuck you. Honestly, it's just like, she wants to like work as an actress and couldn't. And this like doing what she did and then telling everyone about it is just like bringing light to like a really important issue that like Hollywood is racist. I mean, like not the biggest news flash ever, but it's just yeah. proof because as soon as she changed her name, she got a call back and booked her next gig. So ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of when we were talking with Brian and Lisa about how Brian would like is thinking about changing his last name mm-hmm. to something that sounds less Asian just to see like if he'll make sales calls. And I think when in that conversation, we like bristled against it, but like kind of do what you need to do. Right, exactly. You know, I don't know. It's gray. It's so gray. But I, I get I get why some people would be like, that's kind of fucked up because we don't have affordances to change our last names because we don't have last names that don't sound Asian. And we also look very Asian. Right. So like, is this a step in the right direction or is it in the wrong direction? Well, it's, like, a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because people give this girl shit for like, you know, whitening up her name to book more gigs. And then people also give the people shit who like um take on roles like the kung fu master or the dragon lady or like the very stereotypically like full-on asian roles and it's just like no matter what you do you're gonna get shit and at the end of the day you're just trying to pay your bills and you know act right so yeah oh it's so hard so hard true is is chloe bennett your model minority kate Actually, she's not. Um, that was just an interesting Sorry, tangent. Sorry, That was just an interesting <laughs> tangent. I mean, she can be my, like, model minority runner-up because I really enjoyed her response where she kindly told someone to fuck off. She was like, changing my last name doesn't change the fact that my blood is half Chinese. I lived in China. I speak Mandarin or that I was culturally raised both American and Chinese. I was like, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty dope. You tell them, girl. Yeah. So that's the runner-up. The... Uh, first place winner of my model minority this week is this dude Nori Kyo. Have you heard of this person? Okay, no. so earlier today I met up with a friend for lunch and he brought me tacos. Thanks, Oski. And he was playing me this rapper and it's like really trap sounding rap. Like, I don't know, like I was listening to old rappers from, you know, back in the day, like M Flow or um, Teddyaki Boys. And then this Nori Kyo guy is like trap. Japanese trap and it's really what? it's really really good. He has this one song called Kombini or if you search for it on Spotify it's called Convenience Store and it just wow. <laughs> I know right? And it, you should watch the video because the video has English subtitles and it's just telling you about all the people that are like going to the Kombini, the convenience store, like people you would see at 7-Eleven. 
and oh he's like straight up japanese he's straight up japanese he's not american but i just really like how hip-hop now is like infiltrating other countries and you're just like i could totally vibe with this like just i think that it transcends like the language barrier it's just really dope smooth beats so if you like hip-hop and trap you will like norikio n-o-r-i-k-i-y-o norikio right what else you got going on how else is everything wait how was your trip to iceland oh iceland was pretty great not that i do a ton of traveling but i was just really impressed with how easily accessible a lot of the the nature of iceland is Mm -hmm. because i feel like i'm trying to think of another example but like first of all iceland is not very big so Mm -hmm. you can you can like hit up a bunch of places that are all really close to each other and come back like do it all in a day and like come back to Reykjavik if you wanted to what we ended up doing was we rented a camper van and like we went out for five days and then like drove around and then went back to Reykjavik you could do you could easily just like spend all your nights in Reykjavik and just like spend all of your days like doing day trips out so in that sense the like wondrous nature of Iceland is really accessible the other kind of cool thing is and I cannot imagine this happening in the United States is that like there are signs that say like, don't go past here because it's a cliff, but there's like nothing, maybe there's like, oh, like a thin rope and, but like you could climb over that rope and fall off that cliff and die. Yeah. And there's nothing like stopping you from doing that. But you were just like in America, somebody would have definitely sued because they climbed over it and, and like fell, fell into down a cliff it. when they should have just been like, don't go near that fucking cliff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Amazing. The rest of the world doesn't need to be told not to do things. They just yeah. have common sense. Yeah. <laughs> and the other like thing about, I don't know if this is about Iceland in particular, but about leaving the United States is that I, it made me realize that like not every like business endeavor is to make a shit ton of money. What what exactly are you talking America about? America is a capitalist nation. Um, well, I just felt like I, I never got a sense that things were marked up, like, price-wise. Uh-huh. Like, when you buy things, it kind of costs the amount that it costs to make it. Maybe mm-hmm. plus a little bit for, like, other, you know, incidental stuff. But, like, it just felt so much like, bus- like the purpose of business was to, like, do transactions and, like, provide services for people. Whereas in the United States, doing business, the purpose is to make more money. Mm-hmm. And I I can't tell you, like, right off the bat, like, any specific example of that. But I just, like, totally felt that being there. Like, things cost money that are supposed to cost money. Like, if you want to use a public restroom, like, that costs money because it takes someone's time to, like, clean it. Right. And, like, parking costs money. And, like, people will take donations for, like, these, like, wondrous sites. But, like, you can just walk up to it and look at it because people don't step all over it. It doesn't cost much to maintain. Like... I don't know. It just, I don't know. It was just really refreshing to like go to a place where you don't feel like you're being stiffed all the time. Right. <sighs> and then I like came back to the United States and I'm just like, capitalism. I don't know. I'm just always afraid that someone is trying to like get more money out of me. Yeah. Whereas I don't really feel that way. I didn't really feel that way in Iceland. Mm-hmm. But the, at least in New York, like the, the thing that I miss the most about New York specifically is that Iceland is not diverse, like, at all. Right. It's very and, homogenous. <laughs> yeah. And it made me, like, think about being in a country full of Asian people probably wouldn't make me feel at home either. No. Because like, I don't, yeah. It's not just, like, 
how I look, but it's also just, I feel like personality wise, maybe like Iceland and I would get along, but like, I don't look like anybody there in that sense, like New York or maybe LA or like a diverse place would, is like maybe the only place that I'll feel like truly quote at home, or, like mm-hmm. the closest to feeling at home. But I think that like, or what I identify with what you're saying is that like, I like having the option to be immersed in my own community like that's what's really nice about being in LA is like if I really wanted to I could hang out with like all Japanese Americans and I would know exactly where to find them but at the same time like I don't just want to live in like one place where it's like only one type of person like I could never like I lived in Japan for six months when I studied abroad and I think that that was enough it was just like it was weird to feel like everyone kind of looked like you and even when I did live there I hung out with like all Europeans I spent time with like Japanese people in the like during the day at school and then I would come home to like this European dorm hang out with like all my European friends and I I just you need that that shift up like you can't just like or specifically I can't be around like the same type of person like all the time but at the same time I wouldn't be okay with like not being able to have access to you know people that are like me not having the option to like find other Japanese Americans or other Japanese things in my life like I think that that's something that's like really important to me so yeah, yeah, makes it real, real hard because we like Japanese people in general are like a dwindling population and hard to find and only in certain cities. You mean like outside of Japan? Correct. Yeah. Uh, Living in Japan, I'm not sure if it's like the homogeneity thing, but it's just like I, I would have I feel like I would spend all my time like trying to reconcile the fact that I'm not Japanese enough. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like that might be my biggest thing. Mm. I wonder if I'd be OK with homogeneity if it were if everyone if you could blend in seamlessly yeah which is impossible so (laughs) (laughs) it's so weird like being at home in my parents house alone because i like i i think that the the asian clutter is it's coming for us you know what i mean it's just like at some point in our lives we're just gonna like amass a crap ton of crap and just pile it all up into little piles all over the place oh my god that's already what my desk looks like and then sew it into pillows because that's what my mom is doing i totally have a pile of t-shirts that i want to make into a quilt so when you said that thing about making pillows i felt like i just got stabbed in the heart dog (laughs) i'm like oh my god i'm gonna be kate's mom It's coming for us. At some point it's in our coming. lives, we're going to be like, oh my God, I'm just going to save all of my t-shirts and sew them into a pillow I'm or sew them into a shirt. I'm doing that, Kate, <laughs> except I haven't made anything. I mean, my mom is in the process of like making pillows or something. And I like look on the table and there's like a cut up piece of like ribbon. And I was like, what is this? And it was like one of my dad's neckties. I was like, okay. Oh, that sounds fun. It's cute. I think like my parents in their retirement, from what I can tell, um, just by like going through their things it's like my mom is getting really really crafty and cool. she's completely swallowed the house and there's no evidence that my dad lives here <laughs> <laughs> my parent both of my parents are retired too and I feel like my I hung out with my parents this weekend and my dad he I think since he retired he's been retired retired for a little while now mm-hmm. I feel like he's been taking a walk in Central Park like pretty much every day mm-hmm. for like the last I don't know, like 15 years. That's <laughs> awesome. That. Yeah. He like, he has this path that he always takes. And sometimes it takes you off this, like, it's like a gravelly path. And then you walk along a bike path. And then like, you totally just, he like takes a right and like walks up this dirt path. And I'm like, where are we going? He's like, this is the way I always go. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't go as much anymore because I, 
maybe like not every day but like every other day he like walks through central park as like a thing that he does and i'm like that's cool Mm -hmm. i I my dad is like about to be full-time retired like Mm. he he's been like I guess semi-officially retired from his job that he held for, like, 25 years, um, for, like, three years. So he's been technically retired for three years. But that throughout that time, like, he and my mom have their own consulting business where, like, he does all, like, the finances and she does all, like, the client-facing stuff. But one of those, their biggest projects is coming to an end soon. And my dad is like, oh, my God, what am I going to do when I'm, like, actually retired? You know what I mean? And I... I don't have anywhere to be like at least a few days a week because my dad, my dad like loves golf, but that's like pretty much it. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think it's just so different living in LA versus like New York. Right. Because I, I don't think that my, I think he needs to like come up with some fun activities for himself to do, you know, <laughs> like I want him to have like a fun activity for like a, I don't know if like I had to retire tomorrow and just be like, great, I'm spending 24 hours in the pottery studio. Like, all day or it's like oh or I'm like taking a cooking class or things like that and I just don't think that my dad is going to do that and so I'm just like oh man I need to get this dude a hobby so if you think of any hobbies that a 70 year old man who doesn't drink water likes to do then let me know (laughs) what do you mean he doesn't drink water dude my dad subsists off of diet coke coffee gin and wine and occasionally a beer and that wow. dude, like, just started drinking water. <laughs> like, He's like, this tastes like nothing. Exactly. I, th- I don't know. I've met, like, a lot of people whose dads, they can't just drink water. I think they just grew up in a generation where, like, liquids have to be flavored. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, drinking water wasn't necessarily something that, like, in New York, it's really easy for us to drink water because the water is clean. If you're, if you're, like, in Vietnam, like, you don't drink the water out of the tap. Right. You know? I think it's huh. just, like, a generational thing where, like, and he really likes, like, a lot of just bad, unhealthy food. He he eats, like, Wonder Bread <clears throat> sandwiches, and my mom's just like, oh, my God, I make my own homemade dashi stock, and your father sits here eating his Wonder Bread sandwiches just to defy me. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Leave me out of this. <laughs> uh. I don't know, man. I think he's, like, just at that age where he's, like, no one's going to tell me what to eat. No one's going to tell me what to do. I'm just going to do what I want, and these are my comfort foods. Yeah. That's the funny thing about growing up is, like, you can totally just go to the grocery store and, like, buy a bag of Doritos for dinner. Yep. And so people weird. still do. <laughs> and the only the only thing that's stopping you from not doing that is you. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, I would probably – I don't think I could do that, but – if I want like I I think my need to like feel healthy is is too strong but I can imagine like if it weren't as strong I would be eating ramen like all the time seriously (laughs) health is important y'all oh my god okay so speaking of fatness um one of the things that I do when I come home is I open up my photo albums like specifically they're like two albums that I really look forward to every time I come home. And like most of them are like old pictures of my grandparents, my Matsumoto grandparents. They passed away when I was like in my preteen and early teenage years. And I always just think about like, oh man, like what if they were alive now? Like what are the things that I would ask them? Because that's, that's like a classic example of like, oh, I didn't know them as people. And I wish I did because they were probably awesome. But anyways, I go through those photos and then eventually like I finish those and I get to like my baby album 
And I swear to God, Yoko, I was like born seven pounds, nine ounces. And then I look at like the, the little red date mark on the photo, like uh-huh. two or three months later. And I'm like 45 pounds. I'm just like a lard ass fucking baby. <laughs> There's one photo that's particularly embarrassing of me in like a baby visor, just like, and it's just, it's just so gross. I'm like, oh God, Lord. I feel like you insta-storied those photos and I didn't think they were gross at all. I thought they were adorable. Lard, baby. Lard. <laughs> no, it's, it's cool though, like looking back at their old photos, like at my grandparents' old photos and, and at mine too, because they're hilarious. Like just your body changes so much. And it's like, you see your face, like I was born, I looked a lot like my mom and then grow up a little bit, I look like my dad, and then I turn into my mom again, and then I'm my dad again, and then I'm like this weird hybrid where I'm like, am I adopted? And now I'm somewhere like in between. <laughs> I never really like thought that I looked like either of my parents, even though everyone else said I did. Mm-hmm. And I could not tell if that was because they just didn't know that many Asian people. <laughs> no, God. And I'm like, are you just saying that because we're all Asian? <laughs> um, but I don't feel like I... Maybe now. So lately, I feel like I'm starting to look a little bit more like my parents. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because, like, I'm approaching an age that is closer to the age that I know my parents, like, that I've known my parents. Mm-hmm. You know? This I think is a little bit of a trip. You look like a good mix of both your mom and your dad. Wow. Like, I've only ever seen, like, a photo of your dad. Like, your dad and I have yet to meet in person, BT dubs. What? But I know, <laughs> right? I know. And, um, yeah, I feel like you have like facial structures and like body mannerisms that like your mom kind of has. Oh my God. (laughs) But I can also see like your face and your dad versus like my mom and I only look alike when I'm making like a really derpy face. The the resemblance is uncanny actually. And that's when I look the most like my brother too. But but my brother looks like exactly like my mom. Like uh, he's just my, a dude version of my mom. Dude mom. Dude mom. Exactly. (laughs) Being an only child, it's always like so funny to see like my friend's siblings mm-hmm. and I'm just like you're like my friend Kate but like remix a little bit <laughs> literally remix. that's what it, that is <laughs> actually what it is but I'm just like wow genetics is so weird when you like, met only Todd one... did you think you look like me I thought so also you had like similar you all, you have like very similar vibes <laughs> <laughs> oh it's really weird because I, I mean he's a boy and I'm a girl so there are things that are just inherently going to be different right but have you ever met people who come from the same family and they're like all the same gender and they all talk the same, like they have the same voice. Mm. That is the biggest trip to me. Like one of my uncles has like three or four brothers and they all are just like, they're just kind like of, clones of each other. Yeah. They're like variations of the same thing. <laughs> like, it's I so didn't get weird. a chance to meet any of my dad's, um, like siblings in recent memory because many of them have passed away already Mm -hmm. but like I've seen photos so my dad was one of like many brothers and one sister Mm -hmm. and like all these photos of my dad's brother that I've seen I'm like these this is just a photo of my dad (laughs) (laughs) this is this is you right he's like no that's my brother and I'm like is this your brother he's like no that's me I don't know I'm sorry (laughs) I went out to dinner with my grandma and my auntie and Oh my God, I should have taken a picture. They both walk the same and they have the same face and the same body type. And it's just like, they, they have this very like earnest Asian grandma walk, which is you walk with your head first. 
you know, like your head's leaning kind of forward yes. and your shoulders are hunched and you're kind of walking like a T-Rex with your little arms at the side. <laughs> you walk with like I... determination. My mom and my auntie both walk that way and it is oh the, the biggest trip. I think we're all just like doomed to be our parents. Like that's the crazy part. I'm like, oh God, what am I going to retain and what am I going to get rid of? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never really thought about like, like you can look at two people let's say who are about to have kids and be like, I can kind of imagine what your baby would look like. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it. It's the same thinking that could help me understand what I look like in the future. This is basically just remix my mom and my dad together and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I know this is like, very, I don't know how basic genetic stuff works. <laughs> clearly, But I'm just like having revelations about how if I really want to know what I'll look like in the future, maybe I should just think about what my mom and dad look like and then just combine it. You've got I can already tell you I'm going like... to walk like my parents. <laughs> You're going to go on like a Central Park walk every day, head that first. nice. My dad does walk head first. Oh. It's going to happen. Oh my God, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's already happening. <laughs> it's already happening. Every time I find myself asleep in front of the TV with a glass of wine, I'm like, oh no, I've become my mother. (laughs) It's happened. It's happened. Uh. Hey, Yoko. Huh, what? Hi. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at PSYOKO on Twitter and Instagram. I'm back on the internet. You are. Yeah, Kate. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at C-M-Y-K-A-Y-T-O-E at C-M-Y-K-T-O-E at C-M-Y-K-T-O-E. <laughs> if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us at S-W-A-Y-F podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And our email address is S-W-A-Y-F podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And our website is S-W-A-Y-F podcast.com. Our podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud and, and we're now Play. on the Google Play Store. Hey, nah, 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 thanks Kate for doing that. Android users rejoice. Yay, green robots. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. bye.